Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for tuning in this evening, or this morning, this afternoon, tonight, early in the morning, whenever and wherever you may be listening. We welcome you to the broadcast. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Check us out on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. You can message us there as well. On our Patreon page, look up the secret teachings on Patreon or click on the link on our website. And if you've missed any of our past radio broadcasts, any show from any week, any month, any year, you can subscribe to the archive, the full archive, at www.thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe, you get access to the show archive to download and stream all of the shows. You get access to the montages and digital copies of all of my books. So you wouldn't even have to buy those books separately in digital form. You can get those with your subscription. And as I've been doing for several months now, when you subscribe for one year, we have weekly, monthly, and yearly subscriptions. You also get a physical copy of one of those books. And these are not little pamphlets. These are enormous books. The Occult Arcana book is a very large book, larger than 6 by 9 and it's over 500-plus pages. Hundreds of beautiful images in that book, old uh, stories and myths, urban legends, histories of things like voodoo or various traditions and uh, uh, stories and mythologies, fairy tales. It's all in Occult Arcana, the heavy emphasis on symbolism and magic. Or my other books, The Technological Elixir, which I think has become more than Occult Arcana, a, a reference guide to what is going on in current events, from artificial intelligence to the music industry to a new chapter that I've added in the second edition, the official second edition of the book, on what's happened in the last year, uh, the last year to year and a half. I have a huge chapter on all of that with every pertinent detail that you have probably either heard too much of or have heard nothing at all. I mean, I have everything in that chapter from the nature study where the scientists acknowledge that there is zero asymptomatic transmission or disease caused by SARS-CoV-2 and that the study that was conducted was, quote, flawed. I have that study in the book, so you can read it for yourself. I mean, it's just so much information. It's all in the technological elixir. And if, if you know, you don't have to subscribe. You can just gra grab a copy of one of the books on the website as well. If you've already bought the technological elixir and you want you know, just that information, uh, I like to, you know, I like to help people out. And uh, I understand if you bought a book and, well, you don't want to buy another book just for that one chapter, uh, I can send you a PDF of it if you've already 
purchased a book. So again, www.thesecretteachings.info is the website. That's where you can find everything about the show from Patreon to our archive. And you know, another thing I talk about in the Technological Elixir, I just made a notation in the book of something that I found interesting, and it's in that new chapter. Uh, you know, I, I, I like movies. I like Hollywood, but I don't get completely absorbed in movies. Um, and when I say I like Hollywood, I just like, I like the, you know, the classic Hollywood, uh, which probably wasn't too much different than it is today. Uh, but I like, I like storytelling. That's probably the best way to put it. I don't really like Hollywood. I don't really like the, 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 the wands of the magicians, uh, the wood that the Druidic magicians would use to make their wands, the holly wood or the holy wood. But I, I do like storytelling. And I like uh, a good story. Uh, I like good cinematography. I actually went to film school for two years and got a film degree. I haven't utilized it, but I, I enjoy film. Um, I actually went to see the movie Old, the new Shyamalan movie, uh, with my fiance Hope. We went to see that. That was one of the first movies we've got to see together in the theaters because uh, we met last year in the midst of everything and we haven't really been able to do much, especially living in the authoritarian nightmare that is New York State. But we were able to go to the movie. No masks, no you know anything. Um, I was afraid they were they were actually spraying uh, very toxic chemicals onto the seats because that's what their website says. But you know the kids working at a movie theater weren't really doing anything but playing on their phone and standing around. So we we had a really good experience going to the movie. We watched the movie old and we talked about it on the way home. And I said, you know, I don't really think it was a it was a great movie, but I would watch that movie again and again and again before I'd watch, you know, nine out of ten movies that are that are in the theaters. And the reason for that is although this movie was very, very predictable, the one thing that the movie wasn't was preachy. It didn't preach to you about some social justice movement. It didn't tell me that I was bad for being a man or being white. It didn't tell me that America was bad. It was just a story. And although it was a predictable story, that kind of helped me to, to appreciate it more. I liked the predictability of it. I liked that you know it was, it was easy to see what was coming next because it was still a story. It wasn't computer-generated images. Uh, it wasn't you know, uh, some digital reality. And you had, they had, you know, they used a lot of uh, camera angles and, uh, you know, actual makeup, uh, you know, if you know what the movie's about, to make some of the characters look a little bit older. And they used, you know, uh, wardrobe to make the characters look a little bit older. And I thought, you know, I don't, you don't see that much in movies anymore. You don't really see good camera work. Everything's done on a computer. And I like the old forms of art. So I, I really, really enjoy older movies for that reason. Even if they're not great, I'd watch an older movie before I'd watch a lot of the newer things. And recently I had watched uh, Omega Man as well, which is my favorite of the I Am Legend movies. Came out in the 70s. The original I Am Legend, based on the book by Richard Matheson, which came out in the 50s. The original movie was The Last Man on Earth, which came out in 1964. Uh, I liked Omega Man better personally. I think they're making an I Am Legend 2 now, so they're going to make it into a series. But uh, Omega Man came out in 1971. It was starring Charlton Heston, who had survived a global pandemic, and he was now trying to survive from these dark seekers. These uh, we call them zombies. 
when we watch I Am Legend, but they're not really zombies. They're more like vampires. Um, in the 1971 film Omega Man, they they actually they talked, they communicated with uh, Charlton's character, and uh, it was you know if you watch it today, you think well that's it's not really made that well, but it, it came out in the 70s, and uh, I, I I kind of liked Omega Man more than I Am Legend, uh, mostly because I Am Legend ended terribly, but there was an alternate ending to I Am Legend. Uh, the alternate ending was that. Uh, I mean, I think there were a couple of alternate endings. One, one of them was an actual, uh, you know, they, they, they videoed it like they, they filmed it. It's something that you can watch. But the, the other alternate endings, there were different fan endings and, and whatnot. But they, they had an alternate ending where Will Smith, um, you know, he tried to reason with the, the Dark Seekers, which is what happened in Omega Man. Like uh, Charlton's character was able to communicate with these vampire-like creatures. Now, the reason that I, that I bring this up is because I, in my book, The Technological Elixir, in my new chapter that I've added, uh, I, I made a notation of the Crippen virus. It's a fictional virus. You know, obviously it's a fictional virus. The Crippen virus isn't real. It's from a story. But the Crippen virus turns its victims into these vampire-like, zombie-like monsters and when they get turned into these creatures, that they start displaying primal behaviors and experiencing this psychological breakdown. And if you look up uh, I Am Legend fandom, it says this about the Dark Seekers. They will also see the uninfected as vicious monsters that must be destroyed and will embrace the newfound power the Crippen virus gives them. When they fully succumb to the Crippen virus, they become a dark seeker. So you look that up, what a dark seeker is, and that's the definition it gives you from you know some of the movie websites that that the Crippen virus it empowers these these people that aren't really people anymore that turn into these monsters, but they're still human underneath to some extent, and they see any kind of human life in I Am Legend. It's Will Smith. They see him as being the monster. And I found that interesting. So I wrote about that in my technology book, that the Crippen virus turns its victims through viral infection into what the psychology of COVID-19 has done to its victims. And it should be really obvious, but nevertheless noted, that people around the world have devolved into primal behavior over masks, social distancing, vaccines, etc., and have seen both free thinkers, those who read medical and scientific literature, and the unvaccinated for any reason, even if it's a medical condition that you're not allowed to be vaccinated, according to the vaccine company's own fact sheets, they they tell you don't get it. You are a vicious monster that must be destroyed. And therefore, those dark seekers see that SARS-CoV-2 has empowered them. It's also interesting that the 2007 I Am Legend film, which was a remake of Omega Man, also depicted a world initially preparing to combat a viral outbreak with a two-week period of lockdown. When instructing his wife on what to do, Robert Neville, played by Will Smith, tells her to go upstate in New York, and, quote, bring enough food for two weeks. 
you just type in I am legend script and you'll be able to find that toward the beginning of the actual movie script. So it begins with a two-week mitigation process. Now, people have pointed this out and said, well, that's interesting. Isn't that kind of coincidental, you know? And of course, people on YouTube and, you know, the YouTube conspiracy theorists or whatever you want to call them and the Facebook forensic experts, they see that movie or they see a Reddit post or wherever people are getting their information today and they say, oh my God, I Am Legend predicted what was going to happen. I Am Legend was a, a form of predictive programming. And of course, a lot of people believe that or I, I don't know what people believe. But the point is, CNN and a number of other mainstream news outlets, if I don't know if you can even call them news outlets anymore, propaganda outlets, uh, including the New York Times, have published stories like this. Sci-fi movie plot becomes part of odd anti-vax conspiracy. I don't know where vaccinations come into play. I just think it's interesting. There was a two-week mitigation process in the movie which is probably pretty standard when it comes to, you go back into other movies, you can probably find something similar when it comes to pandemics and viruses. And the Crippen virus, it's kind of an analogy for what has happened to people who don't ask questions about lockdowns or masks or anything like that, which now the White House says is an act of DVE, domestic violent extremism, and the Department of Homeland Security now lists people who question COVID-19 measures as potential terrorists, according to an August 13th release of uh, a warning uh, uh, for the homeland, for the United States of America, that it's something we should look out for, people that question the narrative. It's kind of suspicious, I think, in and of itself. But, you know, the, the, the CNN article says a New York Times story about a company struggle to vaccinate employees noted that one reluctant worker, quote, was concerned because she thought a vaccine had caused the characters in the film I Am Legend to turn into zombies. Now, I don't know if that woman just watched too much YouTube or she watched too much David Wilcock or she watched too much Jordan Sather or she watched too much of one of these other nuts on social media or she read too much on Reddit. But that's not at all what the relationship between I Am Legend and the current pandemic have in common at all. There's no relationship between the two. The only relationship is that the vaccine for that was supposed to essentially cure cancer or this, this, this medical treatment they developed actually ended up harming people rather than helping people. But that's different than getting a vaccine and turning you into a zombie. So this is the way the media is portrayed, which I find interesting because it's almost like CNN and the New York Times, they want to discredit any connection to I Am Legend. And it's not because I Am Legend was predictive programming. Maybe it was. I don't know. But it's because it shows us how art mimics reality and how the ideas that people have about whether it's a vaccine or, you know, the suspiciousness of a two-week mitigation process or just simply the psychology of the dark seekers and the psychology of the people who follow narratives without asking questions, how similar that is. That makes me think it's more about psychology or psychological warfare. We're going to look more into this tonight on the broadcast right here on The Secret Teachings. Please don't go anywhere. There's a lot more after this, and you don't want to miss it. Stay with us. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I've personally used their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something astounding with you. It's no mistake that Delta equals four numerically, and that with its three sides equals seven, the number of revelations that heralds the apocalypse to build a new kingdom on the ashes of the old. The new kingdom is not firstly God's, though, but a false prophet who will be crowned, the Corona. His kingdom is seven years long, but it's cut in half. Delta means change and authority and conveys a deep meaning in holding the eye of God and his infallible name Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. It's no mistake CG images of SARS-CoV-2 have little triangles or that Delta waves place people into a diseased, unstable state of mind. It's no mistake the biggest global conspiracy is one of depopulation, that its logo is supposedly a triangle, and that Delta extracted from the Norse Volknut means fertility. These are the patterns that we see and the observations that we make on The Secret Teachings Radio, five nights a week broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us rdgable at yahoo.com. 
So although CNN and the New York Times says that some people believe that the movie I Am Legend, a remake of Omega Man, a little bit different, is a movie that essentially predicted the COVID-19 pandemic. The only problem with that is CNN and the New York Times, once again, have not done any investigation into those claims. They have ignored the fact that people are simply making an observation that it's interesting in I Am Legend. The pandemic begins with a two-week mitigation process, and it leads to the total destruction of human civilization to where there are few remaining survivors. And one of the remaining survivors, Robert Neville, the main character, is trying to develop some kind of vaccine or some kind of antidote to the Crippen virus, which itself was a genetically engineered virus taking something what Dr. Crippen called that was bad from nature and making it good. And so in the movie, the people who are infected with the Crippen virus, they turn into these zombie-like creatures. But they're not really zombies. They're actually more like vampires. So CNN didn't even get that right. CNN said they were, you know, they were zombies. They're not really zombies, actually. They're vampires, going back to the original movie Omega Man. So... You know, the New York Times and CNN makes that claim and they they use this ridiculous story about a company with employees that don't want to get vaccinated, claiming that the vaccine based on I am legend will turn them into zombies. Again, showing you that not only does CNN and the New York Times not have a clue what I am legend was about, but the people that got the vaccine uh, or that they want to get the vaccine likewise don't really know what I am legend was about. And so they get the, the screenwriter for I Am Legend, and, 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 and this guy says, it's just a movie. What are you people talking about? It's not predictive programming. It's insane. And it's like nobody really takes the time to view it more as an analogy. You know, it's not really a literalism. The one thing that stands out to me is that if you look up what the Crippen virus does, and it's, again, a made-up virus. It's, it's made up. It's not real. It's made up. Although some people could you know, imply much with that. But it says they, the Dark Seekers, will see the uninfected as vicious monsters that must be destroyed and will embrace the newfound power the Crippen virus gives them. That stood out to me so much that I bolded it in my book, The Technological Elixir. And I said that it was interesting that the fictional Crippen virus is is something that turns its victims through viral infection into into what the psychology of COVID-19 has done to its victims. And, you know, I know that I've shared some of these stories with you in the past, but over the years, I've worked uh, part-time jobs in order to uh, support this radio show. And up until about five years ago, I never even asked for a donation. Um, I, I barely promoted my own books. And now I do that because that is what sustains, you know, the show. And since my life is the show, it sustains, you know, everything so that I can do this show. And we make like maybe, maybe 700 bucks a month. So it's not a lot of money. And I know for most of you, 700 bucks is like two bills. And then you'd, you'd be looking for another two or $3,000 to pay your bills. Um, I've been able to live off of just a tiny bit of money. So I have always tried to work part-time jobs to make up for that difference. And I was working in Office Depot probably four years ago was the, was the last, uh, last year that I worked there. 
And I got along fine with most of the people. I didn't really have any, you know, friends there. And I don't didn't really care, and I don't care about, you know, the color of people's skin or, I mean, even if you have a different viewpoint than me, I don't care. But I used to go in in the morning. I used to open um, and break down some of the pallets. And there was a girl from Puerto Rico who worked there, and we would break down the pallets together. Now we had, you know, we had like nothing, absolutely nothing in common. Uh, but she was still nice, and she would still talk to me and ask me, you know, just kind of, you know, general questions, just something to break the silence, you know, so it's not uncomfortable. And I would talk to her about movies or something like that, something kind of neutral. And I worked there for months and months and months, and there was never any issue. And then they hired this other kid um, to give you an idea of what he looked like. He was kind of a Weasley-looking kid uh, who was like 30 years old, so he was a few years older than me. And he was a very, very proud, he made sure everybody knew it, a very, very proud Democrat, um, as if that you know mattered or meant anything. Uh, but we were back in the back one morning talking, and we were talking about movies again, uh, but this kid was there. And uh, he didn't know anything about me, but he asked me, you know, what's a movie that you've seen recently? And I said, I've, I saw Dunkirk in the, in the theaters, one of the, one of the, probably the last, last, if I had to think of the last 10 movies I saw in the theater, Dunkirk was one of the last, maybe five movies I saw in the theater. But I, I said, I saw Dunkirk and he said, did you like it? And I don't think he knew what it was about, but I said, yeah, I, I, I love all of Christopher Nolan's movies from Memento to The Prestige. Uh, I love the Batman series. Um, I, I like all of his movies. And he said, well, what did you like about it? And, and all I said, it's very, very, very uh, innocent statement. And I remember vividly what I said. I said, I like that it was really historically accurate. I liked that, uh, that Nolan did not portray Adolf Hitler in the way that any and every other movie portrayed Adolf Hitler. Now, Hitler wasn't even in the movie. There was just a reference to the German military. Uh, and, and that's the part of the historical record. Of, and, and, and although, you know, a, a lot of detail wasn't in the movie, there was a, a note in the movie that Hitler had an opportunity to kill all of the soldiers on that beach that were trying to get to the mainland. And, they, they, and and eventually at the end of the movie, a bunch of civilians bring their boats across and take the soldiers. And it, it's, I thought it was a really good movie. And I don't usually lo love war movies, but I loved Dunkirk. It was, an, it was an excellent movie. And it was one of those movies you really have to have surround sound to, to appreciate. And so this kid, and that's all that I said. I said, well, I like that they didn't portray Hitler in the same way every other movie portrays Hitler. I like the fact that they, they showed Hitler more like, like a human being and that he actually had an opportunity to kill hundreds of thousands of those troops and effectively, you know, at least end the war on one front and chose not to do it because he wanted an alliance with Great Britain. And that is a very well-known historical fact, even in mainline history. So the kid didn't really say anything. Instead, a couple minutes later, he puts his stuff down. I thought maybe he was going to the bathroom. I don't know. I don't care. I'm not keeping track of, you know, fellow employees. And, uh, you know, like he comes back after a few minutes and within a, an hour or two, I get called to the office. Go to the office. Guy 
who is the manager, is a very nice guy. Never had any issue with him. He was an uh, uh, older, older guy, probably in his late 40s, early 50s. And he, he, he says, uh, yeah, we, we, I want to talk to you about something. Uh, one of the employees uh, has a concern. <laughs> and, um, and just to give you some perspective, because I, I don't think race or ethnicity matters, but uh, the girl I was working with, with is Puerto Rican. Uh, the guy that was managing the store was, uh, Spanish. He was a Spaniard. Um, and the kid that went to report me was a, a very, very white pasty. And again, proud Democrat. So the guy who knew me, he had known me for months working there, the manager. And he said, uh, this kid has an issue with what you said back there. And I said, what? And like, it didn't even process. Like, what do you mean what, what I said? What did I say? And he said, well, you, he said you guys were talking about movies. And I said, yeah, we were talking about some, some new movies that had come out and stuff we had seen. And he said, yeah, but he, he said you were, you were, and this is a quote. I remember this so vividly. You were glorifying Hitler. And, and he even kind of smirked about it. He said, what, what's that all about? And I said, like I did, I, I, I still can't process that to this day because that's not what I said. I just said I like that the movie was historically accurate. <laughs> so I told the guy, I said, well, we were talking about Dunkirk. And uh, I said, I just like that it was historically accurate. And it, it implied that Hitler did not, he, there was a reason behind not killing the soldiers on that beach because he wanted an alliance with Great Britain. And I said, that's, that's the reason I like the movie because I like history and I love Christopher Nolan movies. And I thought that it was a good, it was a very well done movie. And he says, well, he's like, I never saw the movie, but I, I he's like, I, I, we never, I've never had any issue with you anyway in the past, but I don't really, I don't really get what his issue was. So like the manager w- was in agreement with me. He didn't really see the connection. He didn't really see how I like the movie because it's historically accurate is quote glorifying Hitler. But that, because that's what the kid told him. I was in the back glorifying Hitler. Makes makes zero sense, right? So it's a couple days later. I'm in the break room at Office Depot. And uh, the girl that I'd always worked with, she's in the break room. And she didn't have an issue with me. She she came in that morning, just said hello, and uh, put her coat down. And this this guy comes in, the, this white, pasty, proud Democrat who's always telling everybody he's, he's a Democrat. And he comes in. And uh, this Puerto Rican girl, well, before this kid comes in, is asking me, she said, I know that you like history. And uh, she's like, I'm curious. Like I, She's like, a lot of bad things have happened to my people in Puerto Rico. Like her parents were from Puerto Rico. And she starts talking to me about genocide and uh, eugenics. Like she asked me those questions. Maybe it was a setup. I don't know. But she asked me those questions. And we started talking about them. And I said, I mean, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I, I don't know a, a lot about Puerto Rico, but I know a lot about eugenics. And uh, I mentioned the Tuskegee experiment. We got into that where hundreds of black people were injected with syphilis uh, just to monitor the effects. They weren't told they had syphilis. So in the midst of that conversation, this, this kid it comes in and I said, yeah, do you know about the Tuskegee experiment to this Puerto Rican girl? And she said, no, what, what is that? And I said, well, it's a really well-documented case of using black folks as guinea pigs or test subjects 
to see what would happen if they were infected with syphilis and they were offered free medical care. And I said, I, that's why I'm, I'm also skeptical of uh, anything that's free from the medical community. And this girl had no problem with what I was saying. She was interested in it. But this kid comes in and, 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 and it's a historical fact again. But once again, he heard me say black folks and he out loud to me says, it's black people, like angrily. And I mean, it's like, it's like 7 a.m. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I, this kid is angry at 7 a.m. because I said black folks. And uh, <laughs> just, I, 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 neither one of us knew what was going on. So he immediately, it's 7 a.m. It might have even been earlier than that. Uh, but it was around 7 a.m. when I used to get there. And he, he goes to tell the manager again, Ryan is demeaning black people. So it's like I had to go talk to the manager again. And it's like you're glorifying Hitler for liking a movie on history. And you're, def you're, 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 you're talking bad about black people because you said that black folks were used in a medical experiment as guinea pigs. And it's a pale white nut job who was the uh, the main driving force between both of those conversations I had to have with the general manager. Now, after that, the story gets even more interesting. The Puerto Rican girl stopped talking to me, refused to acknowledge me. I do not. I don't remember what her name was. I'm just using I knew she was from Puerto Rico. That's the only thing I remember about her. This was like four years ago. I also remember that there was a bunch of a couple of college students that were hired at the at the office depot. Again, I don't care what people's skin color is, but this uh, this black gentleman comes over to me and he and he says, uh, you know, I, I heard you like basketball. Do you want to play basketball sometime? And I said, yeah, sure, let's play basketball. And uh, this pale white kid is like, I guess, watching from the security camera. He goes and tells this 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 kid's like nineteen going to college. He comes and tells this nineteen year old black man, don't. And I know this for a fact because this guy came up to me after and said, what is this kid talking about? He goes and tells this kid, this, this white pasty kid goes and tells this young black college student, don't talk to Ryan Gable. He's a racist who hates black people. He told this kid that because I was talking about the Tuskegee experiment. And this kid responds to the pale white Democrat kid. He says, you, <laughs> he, told, he told me what he told this kid. He said, you're tripping. What the hell are you talking about? You know, Ryan and I are having a conversation about basketball and, and you're, you're making this about my skin color. What are you, some racist bigot? And I mean, I, all I, I like a movie and I, I'm glorifying Hitler. I knew about history and I was asked about history and, I, and I'm demeaning black people. And you know, that, I know you might think this has gotten way off topic, but no, this story is really important because this has happened several times in other places I've worked. Uh, the place I work now is a very small uh, cooperative grocery store. And over the last two and a half years I've worked there, I've, I've worked there for a little over two and a half years, and that'll come up on three in uh, March of next year, but... I shouldn't be there in March because I'm probably going to be out in Arizona in the Southwest. Very happy about that. Uh, but 
I've been working there for two and a half years and uh, never had any problem, never any issue. I used to, it doesn't matter what your skin color was, how long you work there. I was friendly with everybody. I used to put all the shrink on a cart from produce. I'd wheel it around every department, ask people what they wanted. And uh, after the so-called pandemic began, people got suspicious of everybody. When mask mandates began, people got suspicious of anybody who had a medical condition or anybody who couldn't breathe in a mask or anybody who just simply questioned the mandate and said it wasn't a law. You can't force me to do this. There's no repercussions except, you know, social repercussions. So when that happened, a lot of people began to look at me differently because I had refused from the beginning to wear a mask. I even got a lawyer to retain my job because they were trying to fire me. I even had a doctor's note. Didn't matter. And as a result of that, because uh, the so-called pandemic was so politicized, people began to think that I was a Republican, as if that's some kind of crime. And people began to think that I was a Trump supporter, as if that's some kind of crime. And very similar to what happened at Office Depot, there's, uh, there was a girl working there. And uh, this girl, let's call her, I, I remember her name because it was recent, but let's just call her uh, Starbucks girl because she came in with Starbucks every morning. The Starbucks girl would come in and she was, uh, incre- in my opinion, she was incredibly uh, self-centered and egotistic, uh, very pretentious, very upper uh, middle class white is, is how I would describe her. Uh, but 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 a real, you know, laid back hippie type chick. Right. All about the marijuana, all about the Mary Jane. So she she comes in and I never had an issue with her. She never had an issue with me until one day there's a conversation about Black Lives Matter. And the statues that were being torn down in Rochester and the burning of buildings and the violence in the streets. And I said, well, I don't support, you know, violence in the streets for for, for any reason unless Violence is being done to other people, and it's in response in a defensive way. And I don't support Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter on their website says they want to destroy the family, and I just, I I can't support that. And, of course, the response is, well, you don't care about black people. And it's like, well, it has nothing to do with that. I just, I don't support what the movement is about. The movement is not about black people. It's about getting rid of men in the household, which has already been done to black communities. And I don't want to support a movement that's openly Marxist and openly anarcho-communist movement. So, and I, and I was nice. I was talking to them about this. And this girl begins to shake physically. She, she just, she, she physically can't like process what's what I'm saying. And uh, long story short, she, uh, she lied to my manager and said that I left work, didn't leave work, left work without telling her, uh, took breaks without telling her. And there was a second woman who worked at the business who smoked cigarettes and claimed that I was making her sick because I didn't wear a mask, although she smoked cigarettes every day, who saw me doing work on a computer and claimed it wasn't work. So she reported me as well. So one person lied about me leaving work. Another person, both of them, hardcore masks, hardcore BLM, hardcore you can imagine what these people were all about. And they both made up stories about me, both lied about me. And that was the first time anything had been, you know, that had been like tense at this job. So long story short, uh, I've been fired from my job four times and retained employment. And uh, the most recent 
incident that occurred uh, very recent, within the last five, four or five months, was another girl uh, after Starbucks girl left. Uh, this girl, to give you an idea of what she looked like, she looked like um, a Hillary Clinton supporter mixed with a Bernie Sanders supporter mixed with a mental patient. She wore the uh, the pink sunglasses. Uh, some she had a pair of sunglasses that were like made of ice cream cones. Uh, very short, pink, slicked back hair. Uh, very overweight. Uh, very proud of her multiple stomachs. Uh, very very outspoken uh, about opinions without any facts. You just you can kind of get the idea, right? And uh, this girl, in front of my fiance, nonetheless, who also works here. And my fiance had told me about this at the beginning. And she was, when I first met her, she was skeptical of me because these people were saying horrible things about me. They called me a Nazi. They called me a white supremacist. They called my son Fox, who at the time was was under two years old. They said he was going to be raised as an anti-vaxxer, an anti-masker, as a white supremacist. He's a, it's all these horrible things. And, and none of these people get in trouble for saying this or doing this, but... You know, I I don't I I'm not a hysteric, so I don't I don't really care. But if you want to have that discussion, let's have a conversation about it rather than talking about me behind my back, right? You'd think that. So th- this this ice cream sunglasses girl, she she called me all these horrible names, and I you know I I don't even know how how this unfolded, but I hadn't seen this girl for a while i mean it it, or at least communicated with her for a while she would work like one day a week that i was working and she told my manager i refuse to be in the same room as ryan because he's a misogynist and a white supremacist how she came to that conclusion i don't know but you get the idea of what this kind of person is you know is looking like and who they are and uh you know, my manager had known me for years, so she knew like I wasn't any of those things, and she just kind of let it slide off and just placated this girl. But one morning, this girl comes in, and she tells my fiancé, Hope, she says, somebody wouldn't let me into the business this morning, into the store this morning, you know, because there's people that open, and then we come and knock on the back door, and then somebody comes and opens it, or they ring the doorbell, and somebody comes and opens it. And she says, somebody wouldn't let me in the business this morning. She told... uh my fiance that she who's in my department in produce she told other employees that uh, she told managers that and one of the managers came back and he says what the hell is this girl talking about she's he said i was also here this morning nobody rang a doorbell or knocked on the back door or at least if they did i didn't hear it and uh the girl to some people was using my name ryan didn't let me in and I and I'm like it was a good morning, and I and I and then I'm I'm approached by my manager who says you didn't let this girl in. What's this all about? What's happening? She said, you know that 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 you locked eyes with her and refused to let her in the building. And I said, what what are you talking about? I said Hope was here, the other manager was here, the I let other people in just minutes before this girl claims she was you know not let into the store. What is going on? So long story short, I go back to the produce section. This girl comes onto the floor. I have a recording of this. I recorded it. Onto the floor in front of customers and screams at me, you will let me enter the store next time I ask. And then storms off into the back. So I go back with a recorder and I say, 
what are you talking about? What do you mean I locked eyes with you? It's just such, like, we're working. It's This is such a petty thing. What are you talking about? Long story short, they pulled the security cam footage, and they find that this girl was lying. They also find that she was at the building after the store had opened, meaning she could have come in the front door. She told my manager that she was supporting misogyny for not firing me, despite the fact that they had the video of her lying or proving that she had lied. And as a result, she quit before she could get fired for lying once they pulled the security cam footage. Now, bringing this full circle, uh, this was on Saturday. I'm working in the back, and I'm speaking to this uh, this other kid who's, who's somewhat new. So seems to be a pretty cool guy. And uh, his brother works at another grocery store here in Rochester, and it's the grocery store that I got I got into an argument with these people who were calling me a Nazi because I wouldn't wear a mask. And I said, well, you, you are a bunch of Nazis and communists. And then the, the girl at the register wouldn't check me out. They later apologized and said, uh, we, you know, the manager did. You know, I was wrong. You can come back and shop here. But they, they effectively banned me because uh, <laughs> I, I haven't gone back. And they hired a security guard and they put up all these mask signs and all this. Uh, but his brother worked there. And so he thought it was funny that his brother told him there's a guy that works at, you know, the grocery store you work at that, that, that got banned from the store. So I'm talking to this kid about this and he thought it was funny and we're just having a conversation and the truck driver who brings the, the uh, produce, he, 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 he stayed for a little bit and talked to us because he's of the same mindset. He thinks it's preposterous when people behave this way. And, and we were talking about two things and these are important things. I said, um, in the conversation, I said, you know, I, I enjoy uh, and I appreciate and I respect that there are some governors in the United States who they say, look, at, at a school, at a business, whatever, you can't force people to show proof of vaccination. You can't force people to wear a mask. You can't force people to social distance. You can't force people to have testing as a condition of uh, going to school and getting an education, as a condition of uh, coming into a store and buying food. And uh, they're trying to pass laws in uh, Arizona. They should pass because the, the Senate and Congress are predominantly Republican. Uh, in the state of Florida, the governor has told uh, the president, Joe Biden, that if you want to get to the kids of Florida and to the parents of Florida, you got to go through me directly. You know, real cowboy stuff, real American, you know, red, white and blue real classic patriotic, you know, kind of behavior, not authoritarianism. So I said, I, I like that states have done this. I like that states have said, look, um, you know, you can't force people to do these things. They, they didn't ban those things. They just, they're still encouraging people to get a vaccine, which I disagree with. They're still encouraging people to wear masks, which I disagree with. They just said you can't force people to do it. Now, here's where it crescendos. I know that I tell very long stories, but let, let's, let's put all this together. That's what I said. Now, as I'm saying that to two people, we're having a conversation. There are people from the store coming in and out of the back room doing other things. This girl walks back. And she is, uh, she's putting bread, fresh bread that came in, putting them into little plastic baggies and tagging them. She obviously heard that statement. And uh, since this happened Saturday, I have a very vivid memory of it we got into a discussion about the mayor of Rochester. She was indicted on campaign finance fraud. 
Her husband was arrested, and um, there were various charges and indictments for things relating to weapons in the household uh, when they raided her house, the state police, to cocaine, large amounts of cocaine, to child endangerment. And I said, this woman is absolute scum. Like, she is just a, 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 the epitome of, of corruption, now, I didn't say because even that she was a Democrat, but I did say, like, the Democrats seem to be famous for this kind of thing. We don't like guns, but they've got illegal guns. They don't like drugs, or they don't want the black community to be disproportionately affected, but they're selling drugs to the black community. They don't want, uh, you know, they don't want children to be harmed, but they're raping and torturing or endangering children in some way. I said, Democrats seem to be famous for that. And I said, it's not, and I even said, it's not that Republicans don't do that, but like, why do Democrats seem to be very famous for these kinds of things? And uh, that's all I said. And I, and I said, the only time I even used the word black, I said, she was selling, I mean, it, it implies, I don't know for sure, but it implies like they find all this cocaine. They were probably selling drugs. And I imagine that those drugs were being sold or trafficked predominantly into black communities, considering that a lot of Rochester, most of Rochester, if, you know, other than people that are deaf, Rochester's predominantly, it would look, if you walk downtown, like it's a black community. That's all I said. This girl says, she has a freak out. And uh, I, I said, you know, I just don't understand why people aren't upset about the mayor. And this girl turns around and she says, they are upset. That's why she lost in the landslide. And um, I wasn't trying to fight with her. I just said, well, I, I, I get that. She did lose in the landslide. That's a good thing. But I also feel like if, that, if this were a Republican or that were Donald Trump, there would be people burning you know, City Hall down. There would be riots and protests and people being stabbed in the street. I just don't see why people really aren't upset in that way. It's a, it's a valid statement, right? And everything I said about the mayor was factual. So this girl immediately, she goes to her phone. And she starts making phone calls. And she's in and out making phone calls and making comments so I can hear them. And I'm thinking, what, what, what happened that this girl's having a mental breakdown? She comes back in the back room. She's asking for the manager. And I start to say, and I didn't know she was asking for the manager because of me. I said, well, the manager will be in in a little bit. She ignores me, goes to somebody else and asks them. My manager, the, my manager, the manager comes in. And uh, Hope had just gotten there. My fiance Hope had just gotten there. And she said, yeah. She's like, uh, I don't want to give out names, but she's like, yeah, our manager, she's uh, she's doing damage control. And I said, for what? She said, well, that, that girl uh, was offended by something you said. And, <laughs> and Hope starts laughing because she, at this point she knows that people just make stuff up, I guess. Or she just it's just a common occurrence with me. And uh, long story short, I have to sit down and talk to my manager. And my manager says, you're not in trouble. But uh, this person, I told them that I would speak to you about what happened. And at this point, that this was like 8.30 in the morning, by the way. Just like that story at Office Depot I told you. <laughs> she says, you're not in trouble, but I got I to gotta, gotta ask you, like, what did you say that made, she wasn't laughing, but she said, you're not in trouble. But what, but what did you say to this girl? And I said, I, I don't know. What, 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 are you what, what, what did I say? To, I didn't say anything to this girl. I was having a conversation with somebody else. So my manager says, well, this girl was... Um, she was very offended because she said, and let me just set this up again. I, all I said was, I don't, I don't like that people want to force you to do things like vaccines and masks, but 
I like that governors have basically banned or made illegal the use of force for those things. But, you know, if you still want to do them, you can do them. And I, I also don't like the mayor of Rochester because uh, she's a criminal. Doesn't matter if she's black or white, she's a criminal. And, uh, you know, she with drugs and the guns and the election fraud and all that. So my manager says to me, well, she said that you said black people rig elections. And I just like for and I recorded this whole conversation. I sat there for a second and, I, and then I laughed out loud. and I said, what? What do you mean? What are you talking? What is she talking about? I said all I was talking about the mayor, which, you know, is a criminal. I was talking about, you know, vaccines, you know, separately because she said that was the other thing. She was offended by what you said about vaccines. And I said all I said about vaccines was that I'm glad that mayors and, you know, social, you know, uh, um, or not mayors, but governors and, and, and people that work for the government, social like work. I, I'm glad they're not forcing this on people in some states that they're letting you choose. That's all that I said. And she's like, well, that's what I thought you said. And then the conversation just trailed off into something else. But literally, the mayor is a criminal. She was involved in campaign finance fraud and was indicted on that. Her husband was arrested for drugs and guns and the mayor's involved in all this. And uh, somehow she got out of that black people rig elections. I mean, well, yeah, that mayor was was probably uh, involved in that, but that doesn't mean black people did it. I mean, if anything, if you want to label people who act that way, I mean, they're criminals, okay? Violating the law, you're a criminal, okay? Even hate crimes, there's, really, really such, there's not really such a thing as hate crime. There's just crime. That's it. If there's such a thing as hate crime, then every crime is a hate crime because every crime is perpetuated against an institution, a business, an individual, a person who has a different sexual preference, a different gender identity, uh, even if it's binary. Uh, they have a different skin color, a different background, a different everything's a hate crime. And it's just it's just crime. But apparently I said black people rig elections. Um, I'm glorifying Hitler like it's just and I asked my manager, I said, don't you find that interesting that there have been three people here who have openly lied about me, made things up about me and tried to get me fired. There have been three people here who have done a combination of those things. There have been three people here who all look the same, dress the same and act the same, you know, and all three of them. Have made up stories about me, two of them, one on camera lied you know, the evidence was on camera. She, she she lied. And the other one, the recent one who said I said black people rig elections, this person said that I, I said black people rig elections. And uh, there were two witnesses. And when I went back into the back after that meeting and this other guy says, well, what happened in the meeting? And I said, I don't know. They said I they said that I said black people rig elections. And he said, dude, that's not even close to what you said. He said, but you are guilty of something. And I said, what? And he said, well, the prerequisite for guilt nowadays seems to be being white. <laughs> I said, yeah, it seems to be what it is. It's this attitude that I want to talk about in the next segment here on The Secret Teachings. The attitude, the making things up, the lying, the psychosis. That's what's intriguing to me. It, it, the dark seekers. I want, to, I want to talk about that tonight in the next segment. Stay with us. There's more after this. This is The Secret Teachings. Artie Gable at Yahoo.com. Don't go anywhere. 
lighting the void with the secret teachings of all ages. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something very interesting with you. It's no mistake that the CDC began recommending masks in April of 2020 and that people immediately had trouble adapting or breathing just a few weeks before George Floyd died in Minneapolis. After his death, people began chanting, I can't breathe on May 26th. It's no mistake that in June, this man with black skin who had been turned into a god was placed into a golden coffin, a real-life reenactment of the killing of Osiris in Egyptian myth. It's no coincidence the same month that this took place in the Twin Cities, a Twin Summit was taking place with the World Economic Forum, the implications of which we look at on The Secret Teachings. And these are the patterns and observations that we make on the show five nights a week, broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhance and improve sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loud measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. What are you doing on Wednesdays? I want to invite you to join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where I provide commentary and invite guests on to talk about UAPs, conspiracies, current events, nature of reality, consciousness, and of course, the paranormal. Listen to The Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific. 9 p.m. Eastern here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. 
for a lot longer than most podcasts have been around. The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship. And we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting around the world on The Fringe FM. Thank you all for tuning in this evening, this morning, tonight, wherever and whenever you may be listening. Welcome to The Secret Teachings, hour number two, segment number three. Started out the show tonight by talking a little bit about movies. And uh, the way that I Am Legend is being portrayed in the media as a movie that is just a movie and that it has no relationship at all to the current so-called pandemic. And others who believe, according to the New York Times and CNN, that I Am Legend uh, was a movie that... uh, predicted COVID-19 and that if people get a vaccine, it's going to turn them into zombies. Uh, Although the movie was really about vampires and uh, genetic engineering and tampering with nature and a number of other things. And the original movie goes back to 1971 called Omega Man. Um, It it just seems like CNN and the New York Times and also people that are the Facebook forensic experts and the YouTube uh, uh, gurus, neither of them really get it. when I when I looked at I Am Legend, I, I the thing about the Dark Seekers is really what intrigues me. That and, and this is a description of the Dark Seekers. Uh, they they devolve after infection into primal behavior. Uh, that the the Crippen virus that was uh, genetically engineered. Uh, they took this virus. This Doctor Crippen took this virus and and engineered it. Uh, to help people rather than hurt people. Now, that's, of course, all based on germ theory, but that there are psychological effects to the Crippen virus, and those psychological effects includes primal behavior. A description of the Crippen virus goes something like this. The people who are infected with it, they will also see the uninfected as vicious monsters that must be destroyed and will embrace the newfound power of the Crippen virus. So, you think about that, and, uh, you know, I've done a few shows where I've talked about it. I put a little tiny small section in a new chapter in my book, The Technological Elixir. Uh, And, uh, you know, I feel that people, and you've probably experienced this, people that are both pro and anti 
as we polarize things in our in our world today. Pro and anti everything just seem to be uh, a little bit hysterical, uh, devolving into primal behaviors. Now, the people that want not only to wear a mask and get a vaccine, but they want you to do it and they want to force you to do it, they seem to be embracing the power, not of the Crippen virus, but of SARS-CoV-2. They seem to view others as vicious monsters that have to be destroyed. They, they seem to view others, no matter how healthy they are, as, as these, these demons that have to be, that have to be uh, done away with. They have to be uh, attacked and, and beaten down. Because they're monsters when really the those succumbing to the psychological effects of the virus really are monsters. So, you know, I, I think about that and I feel like the Crippen virus was fictional, but it's the psychology of the Crippen virus, what it does to its victims, uh, that's very similar to what the narrative, the psychology of SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 has done to the, the, the mass majority of, of people, it would seem. Probably not so much the mass majority, but it would seem the mass majority if you just pay attention to news around the world. It's made people hysterical. Hysteria is exaggerated or uncontrollable emotion or excitement, especially among a group of people. Exaggerated or uncontrollable emotion. People are certainly suffering from hysteria. Delusion. Characterized by or holding idiosyncratic. syncretic beliefs uh, or Im- impressions that are uh, contradicted by reality or rational argument, typically as symptoms of mental disorder. Yeah, a lot of people certainly are suffering from that. Uh, they're suffering from that whether they're pro or anti-anything. They're delusional. The people that think that a vaccine is going to turn them into the zombies from I Am Legend, they're delusional. If they are uh, you know, overly emotional about it, they're also hysterical. Uh <laughs> And the people that think that there's no such thing as a negative effect from a medication or a vaccine are also absolutely de- delusional. Uh, I, I went on a, a radio show called Radio Wasteland. It's the second time I've been on there. And uh, they're very nice. Uh, but we, I was in this conversation about some of the, the previous show topics I've discussed on The Secret Teachings, and they wanted to have me on to talk about those. And we got into... Uh, vaccines and we got into masks and just I, we we didn't intend to get into that but we talked about it and I said you know I, I just I've read a lot of the medical literature and it's it's different than what even the titles of that literature uh, are saying and uh, implying and it's different than what doctors and scientists and health officials are saying like they they say one thing but the medical research the scientific research shows something different and I, and I was asked on that show I said or they said to me what you know, why, why do you think that? Like, don't you think we should trust the experts? Don't you think we should let them decide what the science says? And I said, well, it, the science is pretty clear. The evidence is pretty clear. But I don't always trust the experts. I, I said, iatrogenic illness and death is the third leading cause of death. Doctor-related injury and death is the third leading cause of death in the United States. And when you factor in that the first two causes of death, the leading causes of death, heart disease and cancer are usually caused, the deaths from those things are usually caused also by the medications and the treatments and the surgeries. Doctors are really 
responsible for the top three and perhaps more leading causes of death. You are more likely to die by the hands of a doctor than be saved by the hands of a doctor. Statistically speaking, hundreds of thousands, millions of people every year die from properly prescribed, properly taken medication. Proper is, of course, a misnomer. From accidental injuries resulting from uh, negligence uh, or uh, physicians that are just, you know, exhausted during a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a shift working 30 hours and then going into surgery and just falling asleep. It just, it's just so many things. So I said, no, I don't believe the experts. The experts kill more people every year than, than even a so-called virus. No, I don't trust the experts. But, you know, I, I got to thinking more about that after that, that show I did on, on Radio Wasteland. And uh, then this interaction happened on, 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 uh, um, over the weekend on Saturday. And, uh, the, and with this, this girl who heard me say that the mayor of Rochester was indicted on campaign election fraud and that she was a criminal and her husband was a criminal and they, were, they had dr- drugs and guns and the hypocrisy was just unbelievable. And uh, she told my manager that I was saying out loud black people rig elections. I don't know how she came to that conclusion. But I even had witnesses there who backed me up and they said, that's insane. Ryan didn't say anything like that. Um, and if you heard the last segment, you know, I've gone through a couple of different stories from previous places I've worked where the same thing happened. And, and it's always a, a it's usually a, a pale white man who's a proud Democrat or a pale white, you know, overweight woman who's a proud Democrat. Uh, or in this case, uh, the, the young girl had a little darker skin. She wasn't really black. She had brown skin. And she uh, apparently thought because she had brown skin that if I question any black people, doesn't matter if they're Republicans, Democrats or anything, doesn't matter if they're criminals. I must be a racist. I must be a misogynist. I must be whatever, you know. So uh, she claimed that uh, I was saying black people rig elections. And I, it's funny because people heard me not say that, but that's what she said I said. So I, I said to my manager, you know, don't you think that's one suspicious that there have been three people now who have made things up about me, have lied about me? Like, obviously, one woman was on video making things up. Uh, she made things up at really after the fact because she was on video not doing what she claimed she did. Uh, or I was on video not doing what she claimed I did. And this other girl in front of witnesses just made up this story about me. And I, I, I asked my manager and I was thinking like, are, are these people, are they, are they serious? Do they, are they really hearing that? Because if they're really hearing something that contradictory to reality, then they are delusional by definition. They are delusional. They are holding a belief. They are getting an impression that is contradicted by reality and rational reasoning, uh, rational argument. Uh, These are the symptoms of a mental disorder. And when they get really upset and they can't control their emotions, they're not only delusional, they're hysterical. These are just words that we use to try to identify, you know, uh, states of mind and... um, you know, behaviors and actions. And so the bottom line here is there's actually a name for all of this. When people don't believe anything except their rigid, narrow, 
point of view, which is totally opinionated, when they believe that subjectivism is the only reality, that everything is relative, and that if you want to reason and have a discussion, have a debate, that's suspicious, that ideology and emotion is more important than fact. That rather than, even if you disagree, having some form of diplomacy, talking, and finding out that you actually have much more in common than you would initially think on the surface based on perceptions and the implications of the way people dress or act or the way they look, civility is what it is. Instead of having civility, you tell people to shut up, don't speak, get this person fired, get rid of them. They don't say things that I like or they make things up, you know, that, that, that they say that you said things that you didn't actually say. I mean, that makes me the victim of harassment. That makes me the victim of discrimination simply for the color of my skin. But we're not allowed to talk about that. And I'm not really concerned about talking about that. I'm, really, I'm more concerned about the, the, the state of mind. There's a name for all of this, though. It's called postmodernism. Emotions mean more than facts. Everything's relative. Everything's subjective. If someone is reasoning and trying to have a debate, that's suspicious. Stay away from them. People that believe this kind of stuff are delusional hysterics. They have a mental disorder. Now, they might be happy, kind, loving people otherwise. But once you initiate that response, they devolve sometimes into violence, most of the time into emotional berating, lying, and self-centeredness. In fact, there was a study that came out from the University of British Columbia published in the American Psycho- by the American Psychological Association. It was called Signaling Virtuous, uh, Virtuous Victimhood as Indicators of Dark Triad of Personalities. Is what the study says. The cry that one is a victim of injustice, oppression, intolerance, or any of the myriad reasons why people believe they are prevented from getting what they want in life has echoed loudly through the ages. It remains so today. Accounts describing a person's experience of being victimized by individuals, groups, organizations, or society appears in newspapers, on the Internet, and in everyday conversations. The dictionary defines a victim as one who suffers from injury, hardship, or loss, uh, is badly treated, or is taken advantage of. The study goes on to say, what might explain why people would be willing to publicly claim victimhood and seek to be labeled by others as victims? One possibility is that sharing their experience helps them cope with the negative consequences of victimization and take proactive steps towards psychological healing. Many victims experience social isolation, which can intensify their sense of powerlessness. Communicating their victim, uh, victimization experiences publicly may connect them to others also who have had similar experiences and who can provide them with social validation and support. Victim claiming can also allow them to justify a demand for redress, regain a sense of power, and restore their diminished self-worth. In addition to its therapeutic effects, public communication of one, uh, one's victimhood could inspire a collective or institutional response to address the systematic causes of their experience at a societal level. However, victim signaling also allows victims to pursue an environmental resource extraction strategy that helps them to survive, flourish, and achieve their goals, etc., etc., etc. You can read the study for yourself. It's quite lengthy. It goes into all the details of 
of uh, virtue signaling and, and victimhood. And it says, we show that individuals with dark triad traits more frequently signal virtuous victimhood, controlling for demographic and socioeconomic variables, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those three traits are Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy. Now, if you watch the movie Psycho, you get an idea of what a real psycho is all about. Business card is a little bit too big. Well, you get killed for that. Psychopaths, sociopaths, people that are delusional, people that are hysteric. Now, I don't want to call people psychopaths or sociopaths or hysterical or delusional. But when they act like that, then that's what they are. The problem is, a lot of the people that act this way, on the surface, they seem to be kind, loving people. And a lot of them have not emotionally developed past a certain age. So they only know how to express those childlike, teenage-like, rebellious attitudes like slamming the door and saying, I hate you. They are trapped in a state of adolescence. Now, I find it really interesting that over the last year, a two-week mitigation process has transformed into an authoritarian medical technocracy. And we are moving quicker and quicker in that direction every day. Senator Rand Paul posted a video. He's now been uh, suspended from YouTube. Uh, but I think he's back up now. They suspended him for seven days. Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, Ron Paul's son. I, I always liked Rand Paul. I just really wasn't like a, uh, wasn't like a get-behind-him kind of a person. But I, I, I like what Rand Paul has done now. Rand Paul's plea with the American people in a, in a three-minute and a few-second video was probably one of the best examples of leadership that could have been displayed by any government official. He said, you have to resist. You have the power, not the government. You have the people have the power. However, Dr. Fauci's response to a, a series of interactions with Rand Paul and uh, you know other people who have claimed similar things to Rand Paul, as well as Fauci's subsequent musings about ignoring your liberty, is one of the best examples of authoritarianism in the 21st century. A two-week mitigation process not only increased the profits of big corporations by billions while shutting down small businesses, and it not only led to the unnecessary deaths of tens of millions of people from starvation, but it cultivated an entirely new disease of the mind. It turned ordinary, everyday citizens into dark seekers who saw anyone who wasn't participating in the theater, in the game, in the scam, as being violent and vicious and dangerous. People that are perfectly healthy that they run away from. People that are perfectly healthy that they want you to cover your face and be injected with things and take all kinds of advice from lying psychopaths. Now, the silver lining here is that it allows us to see who the real authoritarians are and who the real leaders are, and therefore it presents us with an opportunity 
for more easily defending the republic, for more easily defending liberty. Darkseekers, the monsters in I Am Legend, are said to feel empowered by the Krippen virus that infects them, seeing the uninfected as vicious monsters that must be destroyed. This analogy has now been taken by mainstream media and distorted, with the New York Times claiming that people believe medicine will turn them into zombies. Nevertheless, those who lead with emotion over fact, who utilize ad hominem rather than reason, and who are in a perpetually adolescent state of defiance, are those who suffer from psychological delusions, lying, narcissism, Machiavellianism, psychopathy, and the full scale of the dark triad of personality traits, among other things. I have a friend who has routinely, she works two days a week at the business I work at, routinely been approached by customers and who have been, you know, vicious in their, in their uh, questioning. Asking her, have you gotten a vaccine? Have, ha, why are you not wearing a mask? A lot of these people are people she's known or, or who she's been friends with. And this one guy came up to her the other day and said, I can't force you, like aggressively, I can't force you to wear a mask. But I want to. Now, in a civilized society, we would all agree that person is dangerous. That person is potentially violent. That person is a potential threat to the rest of us, to peace, to prosperity, to our livelihoods, to our our families, to our households. They're a threat. And we need to be cautious of those kinds of people. In today's world, the people that say, I want you to. They're considered virtuous because they want to help. They want to protect the innocent. When what it really is is a power trip. It's uh, an individual who is delusional, who is hysterical, who needs a little bit of help. Now, I'm not one for psychiatry. I'm not one for mental institutions. But I will tell you this. They need some kind of help. They need to take a break from watching news. They need to take a break from their political study groups. They need to take a break from, you know, political conversations. They need to go out in the woods or go to the beach and just put the phone down. However, and I told my friend this, I said, you know what? Although people have been treating you like that, there is there's a, a, a positive to this. It's very positive. You now know the potential harm, the potential threats, the the potential violence that exists as a result of your decisions, of your freedom to breathe without restriction. You now know that there are people that want to force you to do something against your will. You know who the authoritarians are. You know who the psychopaths are. You know who the hysterical are. You know who the delusional are. And you know how dangerous they are. And now that you know that, you can better mount a defense a defense against it. Rand Paul's three-minute and a few-second little speech that he gave was, uh, you know, it, it, it's like an it's an example of real leadership. People, they misinterpret leadership. They think leadership means leaders have to demand that you do what they tell you to do. No, leaders are supposed to lead and give you, you know, an ability to to live your life without interference. At least that's how the republic is supposed to work. But people don't like that. 
People don't like the way that, that, that some people get to make a decision for themselves. They can't force you to do what they want you to do. Basically, mob rule. And they're calling Rand Paul all these names, all these horrible things. His rant was anti-vaccine. His rant was anti-mask. His rant was anti-science. Uh, doesn't matter if the guy's a, a doctor. Doesn't matter if he studied medicine. Doesn't matter what his uh, profession is. But you know, he's uh, also a conspiracy theorist, and he's you know it's pretend, it's dangerous to give people freedom. Let me let you listen to what Rand Paul said, and then I'll play you what Dr. Fauci said in response. Rand Paul's plea. Three minutes and 37 seconds with the American people is one of the best examples of leadership that we've probably seen by any government official in a very long time. Let's listen to what Rand Paul had to say, the senator from Kentucky. It's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed, although I've got a long list of ones they might keep closed or might ought to keep closed. We don't have to accept the mandates lockdowns and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. Nancy Pelosi, you will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs. We have either had COVID, had the vaccine, or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices. We will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. We will not be forced into random screenings and testings so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. President Biden, we will not accept your agency's mandates or your reported moves towards a lockdown. No one should follow the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. And if you want to shut down federal agencies again, some of which aren't even back to work yet, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come back to work in person. Local bureaucrats and union bosses, we will not allow you to do more harm to our children again this year. Children are not at any more risk from COVID than they are from the seasonal flu. Every adult who works in schools has either had the vaccine or had their chance to get vaccinated. There is no reason for mask mandates, part-time schools, or any lockdown measures. Children are falling behind in school and are being harmed physically and psychologically by the tactics that you have used to keep them from the classroom during the last year. We won't allow it again. If a school system attempts to keep children from full-time in-person school, I will hold up every bill with two amendments, one to defund them and another to allow parents the choice of where the money goes for their child's education. Do I sound fed up to you? That's because I am. I'm not a career politician. I practiced medicine for 33 years. I graduated from Duke Medical School. I've worked in emergency rooms. I've studied immunology and virology, and I ultimately chose to become an eye surgeon. I've been telling everyone for a year now that Dr. Fauci and other public health bureaucrats were not following the science, and I've been proven right time and time again. But I'm not the only one who's fed up. I can't go anywhere these days without people coming up and thanking me for standing up for them, whether I'm at work or at events in Kentucky, at airports, in restaurants, or in stores. People thank me for taking a stand. They thank me for standing up for actual science, for standing up for freedom, for standing against mandates, lockdowns, and bureaucratic power grabs. I think the tide is turning as more and more people are willing to stand up. 
I see stories from across the country of parents standing up to the unions and school boards. I see brave moms standing up and saying, my kids need to go back to school in person. I see members of Congress refusing to comply with petty tyrant Pelosi. We are at a moment of truth and a crossroads. Will we allow these people to use fear and propaganda to do further harm to our society, economy, and children? Or will we stand together and say, absolutely not, not this time, I choose freedom. I choose freedom. What a dangerous concept. What a dangerous man Rand Paul is. I choose freedom. Here's a doctor. Here's a man who serves the Senate. Here's a man who is an actual leader. But people call him a conspiracy theorist. I'm sure that a good portion of the people who don't like Rand Paul never even listen to this video. Or they listen to it with the intention to find things that they can use to call him himself a tyrant. I've heard that. Rand Paul's a tyrant. I've heard that from a a teacher in Arizona who said, unless you force kids to take the vaccine, unless you force them to social distance, I'm not working anymore. It's not even a logical, reasonable argument like, well, maybe we should have kids to do this because I want other kids to get sick. It's like, no, you force them or I quit. And here's the beauty of that. That teacher refused to work. And the person that came up to my friend and said, I can't make you, but I want to. Wear a mask. Well, we know who the psychopath is now. We know who the angry, vicious, violent authoritarian is now. It's no wonder the White House and the Department of Homeland Security claim that anyone who questions mask mandates or questions lockdowns or questions anything the government says is a potential terrorist. It's no wonder they associate those people with people like Rand Paul, who says, choose freedom. I choose freedom. It's funny because even Rand Paul says, you know, most of the people on the staff, we've been vaccinated, we've had COVID. Doesn't matter. They want you to do what they tell you to do when they tell you to do it. And they don't want you to have the freedom to choose this any more than anything else. You understand the precedent that this sits, right? This sets a precedent that's so incredibly dangerous, that's so incredibly anti-human, that Americans in particular can't understand it because, well, let's be honest, we've had it really good for a really long time. We don't really know what tyranny is. But we also really don't know what a republic is. We really don't even know what liberty is. Remember kids used to say, well, it's a free country. I can, I can, you know, throw your food in the ground if I want. It's a free country. I can, I can push you down on the playground. It's a free country. Give me your lunch money. I can take it if I want. Obviously, that's not what a a free country means. It, you know, (laughs) obviously civic civic class wasn't being taught in, in school very well. Uh, but we know who the authoritarians are. We know who the people that want to really hurt you are. We know who the people that want to bring harm to our society, not just here in the States. We know who these people are, and they're becoming more evident every single day. Beauty is if we ignore them and we get rid of those people by 
ignoring them and not listening to what they say and not kneeling to their demands with apologies and masks and I'm, oh, I'm so sorry I got more than you know I got or I got less than six feet I got I'm five feet from you I'm so sorry you ignore them you live your life and people aren't dropping dead around you you ignore them you live your life you take care of yourself you exercise you eat well you'll be totally fine and at this point you can see that a two-week promise a two-week mitigation process was not about mitigation it's about an assault an attack on the u.s republic on any kind of freedom in the world on national governments because the ultimate goal is to eradicate borders and to unite the world under a one world fascist communist anarchist atheist government with perpetual revolution forced medical experimentation a world id a social credit score and an inability to be a free human to express your views to worship what you want to worship to print what you want to print to have privacy etc 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 that's where this is all going that's where we are at we are at a crossroads and thank god for representatives like dr rand paul and thank god for representatives like representative jim jordan thank god that there are representatives in the congress in the in the senate that there are governors like Ron DeSantis, and although I don't particularly like the uh, governor of Texas, Abbott, thank God there are governors like Abbott. Thank God that there are senators like Tom Cotton. Thank God that there are governors like Doug Ducey. Hell, even uh, the governor of West Virginia, he's a Democrat. And uh, he doesn't support critical race theory. Don't you find it weird how all this came together at once? Basically, the collapse of the economy, a controlled demolition of the economy, in order to take that momentum and drive it in the direction of the World Economic Forum and global government, an open border, in order to demolish the idea of borders and nation, national, uh, you know, nationality, so that the whole world can be united under this one global system with an ID, global ID, uh, social credit score, 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week tracking, way worse than anything you could imagine from the NSA, uh, you know, forced medical experimentation, uh, vaccines, medication, whatever, kind of like the movie Equilibrium, that at the same time critical race theory is being proposed, introduced, or taught in schools across the country. Uh, look at the, uh, the, the very brave uh, mom in Atlanta who has, had to file a complaint because her black child in school was being segregated from white children by the racist, bigot clan members who claim CRT is about teaching equality. It's not. The people that push CRT 
are the people that wore the clan garb. They are the people that fought, despite the fact that the Civil War was more about economics, which related, of course, to slavery. These people fought to protect slavery. And despite the American Revolution was fought over guns, over taxes, over a loose definition of freedom, and although a lot of people realized that slavery was wrong, freed their slaves and fought to end the institution of slavery, there were people that fought it because they wanted slavery. They saw black people as inferior, or at least they were driven by profit and economic power. Those people that our country in the United States of America have had to fight physically and intellectually, who have had to beat back with the actual stick of equality for hundreds of years since the founding and before the founding of this country, those people are here today. They want to teach critical race theory. They want to use a virus, and they want to use their perception of equality to bring back segregation when the black population is one of the most skeptical about vaccines, one of the most unvaccinated. And these people want you to show proof of vaccine or you can't live your life. Who does that disproportionately affect? Black people and minorities. So you segregate society. If this country was founded on racism and slavery, tell me this. Why isn't it a country of slave owners today? Why don't white people on their plantations own a bunch of black folks who work in the fields today? Why wasn't it unanimous, the subject of slavery at the Constitutional Convention? Why was there a, a Northwest uh, ordinance that was part of the compromise between the North and the South? Why? Because some people didn't agree with slavery. Some people fought it. A lot of people fought it. A lot of people died over slavery. Those people that wore the Klan outfits, those are the people that want to segregate you over vaccines. Those are the people that want to segregate your children and teach them critical race theory. I, like Senator Rand Paul, choose freedom. That doesn't mean I have freedom to give you a virus. Where are the intellectuals debating that misnomer, that exaggeration, that hysteria? I'm not sick, so I'm not going to give you anything. I can give you some advice, get some sunlight, drink some water, stop drinking alcohol, stop smoking, eat some vegetables. You'll be just fine. People say, well, I lost my taste. I got COVID. You know, you can lose your taste from leaving the window open at night. Hell, I woke up this morning. My, my, actually, the last three days I've woke up, I've had congestion and I've had a, a sore throat, but it goes away halfway through the day. It comes back the next day. When? After I slept all night with my mouth open, breathing in cool air. Of course, my throat's going to be raw. But everything else just gets thrown to the wind. Everything else is a virus. And we can't really prove that it actually causes infection. And it doesn't, you know, the FDA says it doesn't spread on surfaces. And all the studies about airborne transmission are just implications. And 
beliefs. They're not actually proved in a laboratory unless it's an artificial environment. That's These are facts. I'm, I can give you the studies. They're in my book, The Technological Elixir. I put them all in there. The study on asymptomatic transmission was totally flawed. That's a quote, flawed from Nature, of the journal Nature. I choose freedom. Now, if you can prove to me that if I stand closer than six feet and I cough in somebody's face and within seconds they start choking and they die, hmm, maybe I'm guilty of something. But until that happens, I'm guilty of nothing. It's no different than after 9-11. Everybody was assumed guilty until proven innocent. Inverting the idea that you are innocent until proven guilty. I choose freedom like Dr. Rand Paul. I like Senator Rand Paul. I don't particularly like Ted Cruz, but I like a lot of what Ted Cruz has said. I like Representative Jim Jordan. I like Tom Cotton. Not because they're Republicans. Hell, I like Joe Manchin in West Virginia, for one thing at least. Disagrees with critical race theory. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I like Candace Owens. I like Tulsi Gabbard. I don't care if your skin's darker than mine, you racist scum. I care about liberty, which for some reason, people find that to be a funny word. <laughs> liberty, why would you want to care about liberty? Just do what you're told to do. Why? So you don't have to think? So people can just force you to do whatever they want you to do whenever they want you to do it? So you can keep playing your video games and smoking your weed and thinking that the whole world cares about you or should care about you. The whole world should do what you want them to do. Egocentric, narcissistic, psychopathic, Machiavellian, the dark triad of personality traits, trying to force other people to do what you want them to do based on some political bias. And then calling other people who don't want to be forced into doing it a Nazi? Not only are you intellectually inferior, you are historically ignorant to a stunning degree. And you're a delusional hysteric who, if anybody needs to be put in a straitjacket, it's you. Well, they don't really need to be put into a mental institution. What needs to happen is they need to be reintroduced into the real world. They need to be reintroduced to facts, not emotions, to objectivism rather than subjectivism, to reality rather than relativism, to free thought, which means that there isn't always consensus, that there's a sharing of ideas, that there's civility, that there's discussion, debate, that there's agreement on things that if you didn't debate, you might not realize you actually agreed on. There's intellectual communication. There's articulation in how you communicate. It's not crying and slamming the door because you're an adolescent teenager. I agree with Senator Rand Paul. I choose freedom. And because some people don't understand the concept of liberty, they make fun of it and they spit in the face of the very thing that gives them the right to spit in the face of an authority without being shot in the head 
hanged by the neck, rounded up in the middle of the night, and taken to a detention facility. But hey, the CDC says we need to do that now. Did you know that? Did you read that document? Did you see that? Interim operational considerations for implementing the shielding approach to prevent COVID-19 infections in humanitarian settings? Did you read that? Because that is official from the CDC taking unsick people to quarantine facilities, camps. Where did I hear that before? Funny how that works, isn't it? Here is Representative Jim Jordan talking to Dr. Fauci. And Dr. Fauci, utilizing the talking point that it's all about public health. This is not about science. Here is Representative Jim Jordan talking to Anthony Fauci about what's happened in the last year and the loss of liberty as a result of petty authoritarians. When is the time? Well, in your written statement, you say now is not the time to pull back on masking, physical distancing, and avoiding congregate settings. When is the time? When do Americans get their freedom back? Can you put your microphone on, please? When we get the level of infection in this country low enough that it is not a really high threat. What is low enough? Give me a number. What, I mean, I, we, we had 15 days to slow the spread, turned into one year of lost liberty. What metrics, what measures, what has to happen before yeah. Americans get my, their freedoms? My message, uh, Congressman Jordan, is to get as many people vaccinated as quickly as we possibly can to get the level of infection in this country low that it is no longer a threat. That is when, and I believe when that happens, you will see. What determines when? I'm sorry. What? What measure? What, I mean, are we just going to continue this forever? Or when does? When does? No. When do we get to the point? What measure? What standard? What objective uh, outcome do we have to reach before, before Americans get their liberty and freedoms back? You know, I, you're indicating liberty and freedom. I look at it as a public health measure to prevent people from dying and going to the hospital. You don't think Americans' liberties have been threatened the last year, Dr. Fauci? They've been assaulted. Their liberties have. I don't look at this as a liberty thing, Congressman Jordan. Well, that's obvious. As a public health thing. It's a public health thing. It's not a liberty thing. Liberty doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. And here's Dr. Fauci once again Put aside your concerns about personal liberties and get the shot. This was on Sunday. Face the nation. We have a lot of tasks. We've got to do mitigation, put aside all of these issues of concern about liberties and personal liberties and realize we have a common enemy and that common enemy is the virus. And we really have to all pull together. Started to say freedom there. Our common enemy is a virus. Kahneman enemy is the virus. Why is it that some places, some states, they, they make it, you know, essentially illegal to treat people for COVID-19 unless it's through the prescribed method of a quote-unquote vaccine that doesn't work? Why is it 
that people don't find that suspicious, or do they? Do you? Do you find that suspicious? That in some places you can't treat people? You can't tell people to get vitamin D, even though 80% of the people that supposedly died of specifically SARS-CoV-2, which according to the CDC, only 6% of the people that have died have died specifically directly of COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2. You find it suspicious that those people can't utilize the drugs that they want? I don't agree with hydroxychloroquine. I think it's poison. I think ivermectin is poison. I don't buy that people are sick from SARS-CoV-2. I believe that people are sick from a number, a litany of other things. But it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter. What matters is hard evidence. Fauci, the NIH, the CDC, the World Health Organization, no one has provided hard evidence of anything. The effectiveness of masks, the effectiveness of vaccines, everything is a manipulation and a distortion of reality. Talking points. Forget this whole freedom, liberty thing. We need to worry about public health. Well, hell, if you want to worry about public health, we should have started decades ago. Because heart disease, cancer, diabetes, COPD, suicide, you name it, kill millions and millions and millions and millions of people a year. Things that are reversible, treatable, preventable in the first place. Not only that, but hundreds of billions of dollars could be saved as a result. Do we ever say that because the government has to spend and subsidize medical care, and, and because you know civilian citizens have to pay for medical care through taxes, uh, socialized medicine under Obamacare, uh, part that's at least part of the system, because people have to pay for those things that people who are obese, people who are overweight, essentially by choice, people who are sick from smoking cigarettes, that these people should have to pay for it out of pocket then. And since we spend so much money on it, like one commentator said on CNN, that uh, the least you could do is get your vaccine, right? Well, the least you could do is pay for it yourself. All right? If we're going to have that conversation, then every single element that is absolutely treatable and reversible should be the responsibility of the individual. Not collectivized medicine, not socialized medicine, not the taxpayer, not the government. It's the talking points. It's the rhetoric. It's the psychology that's what's running all of this. Psychology. It's all psychology. Mitigation, put aside all of these issues of concern about liberties and personal liberties and realize we have a common enemy. You are the common enemy, Dr. Fauci. The World Health Organization is the common enemy. The Centers for Disease Control is the common enemy. The NIH is the common enemy. Not all of the people that work at the World Health Organization or the CDC or the NIH or the FBI or the CIA or Google or Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, but institutionally and ideologically, those are the common enemies. And in fact, we could go further and we could extract it in a more precise way. Those who share in the ideology of Dr. Fauci, the ideology that they are science, 
They are the facts. They must be listened to. Or more people will die. And they threaten you with that. They threaten you with death. They threaten you through fear. Those are the evil people. Those are the common enemies. Rand Paul's plea with the American people is one of the best examples of leadership. And Dr. Fauci's response to that and other people making the same argument based on reason, based on logic, based on science, based on objective observation, based on realism, Fauci and others who see that as a threat are the best examples of authoritarianism, especially in the 21st century. And those people who want to force you to do something, whether they're a governor, like the scumbag uh, you know, mayor of Rochester or the scumbag governor of New York State, or the scumbag mayor of New York City. These are the authoritarians. These are the tyrants. These are the Nazis. These are the commies. These are the psychopaths. These are the dark seekers. The dark seekers of the dark triad. The delta. The dark seekers of the delta. The delta wavelength a diseased state, a perpetual state of unconsciousness. And those people that follow the leader, that don't think, that feel that reason is suspicious, you know, the postmodern ideology, that lead with emotion over fact, who utilize ad hominem, calling you names rather than reasoning. And I've reasoned to get to the names that I will call these people. They are delusional. They see reality in a different way based on their feelings, their emotions, not based on fact, not based on what is actually happening around them. They hear things that aren't actually there. They see things that aren't actually there. It becomes a a, a delusional, hysterical state of existence. And those who lead with that emotion over fact, who utilize the ad hominem, rather than reason, who are in a perpetually adolescent state of defiance, are those who are suffering from psychological delusions, lying, narcissism, Machiavellianism, and the full scale of the dark triad of personality traits. Those people, although they may be kind, loving people otherwise, have been truly radicalized. And they are dangerous to the republic, dangerous to freedom, dangerous to free thought, free expression, Those are the people that you need to be worried about. But the wonderful, beautiful, positive thing is that we know who those people are now. We know the family members we can't trust and the so-called friends we can't trust. We know the politicians we can't trust and the businesses we can't trust. We see the separating line in this intellectual civil war. And it allows us to make a decision on what we choose to support. Freedom and responsibility or tyranny, slavery, and anti-human ideology and oppression. It's really that simple. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you all for tuning in this evening. 
We did skip the break in that final hour, so please go to the website, thesecretteachings.info, subscribe to the archive to support the show, grab one of my books. A lot of what we talked about tonight is in the new chapter of the Technological Elixir, www.thesecretteachings.info. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.